heat up some canned ravioli for this. Ooh, some canned ravioli. Are you are you eating or drinking anything, Alex? Yes, just water. I, I had a beer earlier. It was very good. What beer was it? It was a Goose Island Kolsch summer beer. Ooh. Ooh. That sounds good. Pretty good. Very good. Um, we had people over on Saturday because it is um, well. One, we're we're leaving on Tuesday for San Diego, and two, um, to live there. To live there. That's and pretty two, cool. Yeah, and two, it's across the country. So I am um, my my wife and my son. Um, and it's his birthday tomorrow. That's another reason why we have people over. Um, they are flying home to Chicago first to spend time with my wife's family for a little bit. And then they are flying out to San Diego on Saturday, as in from this Saturday. I am, dri- I am starting my drive on to get into San Diego on Friday. Woo! Yeah. Wow. That's kind of fun, though. Solo road trip across the country. Okay, so... Are you making stops? So, it was going to be a solo road trip, and my wife was insistent that I take someone with me. So, on my way, I'm picking up my parents. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I'm not laughing. I'm sure you love your parents. Oh, they're lovely people, but it's going to make for a very long trip. (laughs) Um, So... Wait, yeah. where are you stopping to pick up your parents? In central Illinois? So they now live in a town on the Ohio River in Indiana called Madison, which is near... Hey, this should be banter. We should be recording. Okay. It, I am recording. Oh, okay. Go so ahead, they, Alex. They now live in a town called Madison, Indiana, which is sort of near Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and that'll, yeah, be, that'll be my first spot, stop. And then we will take off the next morning. And uh, hopefully make it to Oklahoma City the next day. And then Arizona the day after that. And then cruise into San Diego. You make it sound so easy. Yeah, I don't think it will be that easy. But it's going to be a very utilitarian trip. There aren't going to be many stops along the way um, in terms of sightseeing or anything like that. Just because um, I want to get there as soon as possible. Eric, what kind of ravioli are you making? Is there multiple kinds of canned ravioli? Um, do you have? Do you have? Is there a preferred brand? I don't know. There is a Chef Boyardee in the cabinet. So, Eric, I feel like you could have just answered the question. I did. I I was interested. Maybe I'm missing. He answered, something. He answered it with a rhetorical question. Well, what? when your baseball team is awful, you can occupy yourself with other things, like the kind of ravioli you eat. Oh, Eric, I have I have two questions. Uh, the first one is was was the McGriddles poll question was that tie ever broken? I uh, what article was that? Uh, what did I write about? Do you remember? I, I remember the screenshot that you posted on Twitter. 
I don't. I write about over there anymore. Oh, here we go. Okay, we had a heated debate among. No. Oh. Okay. The percentages are still split, but it is seventy-six to seventy-five. Yes, they're delicious. Wow. Very intense. Yeah, so you know what the thing is? I do think, uh, I think I would vote delicious, but I always feel so awful after I eat one. I can do them occasionally on on special days. You do feel bad afterward. So, so after a while, what I started doing with McGriddles is I would only eat one of the griddles. So, like, I would take oh. I would take off the top griddle and discard it, and I would eat the the egg, sausage, cheese, and bottom griddle. Started doing but also, ha- but also, okay. When did McGriddles become always plural? Was it always? Always plural? Well, what exactly is a McGriddle? It's right. basically well, a sausage egg and cheese biscuit replaced the biscuit with little pancakes. With syrup inside of it, infused <laughs> in it. But is is a uh, is it possible to have just one? See, I so the, how I used to think of it was how I used to think of it was a sandwich is a McGriddle, right? So, mm-hmm. so you know, I want the, you know, go up to the counter at McDonald's. I would like one sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle, right? I wouldn't. So it's not I want one sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. It's I want one sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle. Does that make sense? Oh, that's but right. then if you were to order, but if you were to if you were to order two, it would be I want two sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. But, but apparently. It is always McGriddles. It is always it always ends in an S. Let let me ask you this: If you were eating a pancake for breakfast, just one pancake, and someone asked you what did you have for breakfast, would you say pancakes, or would you say I had a pancake? I would probably say I had a pancake, or like I would, or I would, I would say like a the the full list of things that I had. I had a pancake and an egg and some bacon. I don't know. Something like that. I think I would just say pancakes. Yeah. But who's really only eating one pancake at a time? That seems a little silly. That does seem That's silly. true. That's a really good episode. True. Especially if you're if you're making them on your own because you know, pancakes usually require like one or two eggs, and that's to make like, you know, t- eight or twelve of them. So I don't know what you would have to have. You'd have to have like, you'd have to spill some of the egg, and then be like, "Oh crap! I only have enough for one pancake." <laughs> so, so, but so, uh, at restaurants sometimes they have one pancake, or like they offer they offer one pancake. So one pancake at a restaurant, like on the side. Right, yeah, you could get it as a side, or if it's uh, you should don't don't they uh, uh like Swedish pancakes? Don't they usually come in in denominations of one? You're gonna have to tell me what Swedish pancakes are. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, they're like super thin, and they have powdered sugar. They sell them in Andersonville. Oh, I've heard German pancake. 
It sounds like we're talking about the same band. Eh, maybe. Hey, the ravioli. I'm finished. With the ravioli? It's gone. Was that you throwing the can into the recycling? Uh, Yes, I was recycling. I think you just shamed him. That was the trash. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Eric, I have a, I have a, I, I have a, I have a non fast food breakfast related question for you uh, well, as yeah, well. Oh, but it's iffy. <laughs> um, my quest, my question is, uh, my question is, do you want the Cincinnati Reds to have the worst record in baseball this season? <laughs> Cincinnati Reds being a baseball team, this being a baseball podcast, uh, I, I did want to ask you about the Cincinnati Reds. And, and so, uh, as of tonight, they have got the third worst record in baseball. They are three games back of the worst record in baseball because they took two out of three from Atlanta this week. Uh, I think where I've landed is in a microcosm of watching one game. It's hard for me to turn off the I want them to win switch. So I find myself rooting for them during the game. Afterward, big picture, it makes sense that I, I don't mind if they lose. Um, from what I know of next year's class, there's not like the Bryce Harper, A-Rod player to get that excited about. But I did a Twitter poll today, and 80% of Reds fans said they are rooting for the number one pick over wins at this point. Eric, other night... I, know, I forget what I was doing, but I happened to notice on the ticker, on the TV or whatever, that the Reds and Braves were in extra innings. Mm-hmm. When this happened Reds, multiple times. Oh, okay. So when two teams like that are playing and they go into extra innings, are you A, excited? Like, yes, this is a very dramatic game. They're tied. You know, this could be a walk-off. Or are you not excited because you feel it's almost bad that the more that this game goes on, the worse it is for all of us? I'm not going to lie. It's getting hard to to pay attention to them at this point. I'm fighting to keep it alive. But there's not much to play for. So usually I I am a fan of nine-inning games at this point. I'd be a fan of seven-inning games. Because that means the bullpen wouldn't be out there. So, whatever. It's almost NBA season. I'm excited about the Pacers. I am. I like Jeff Teague. I like Thaddeus Young pickup. I'm feeling good. The Bull, the Bulls won the summer league championship. Alex, I'm hype about that. Denzel Washington. I saw that. That um. I, I was trying to watch some summer league basketball the other day. Man, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I I haven't watched summer league in a few years. Like I watch, I think the last time I watched summer league, uh, it must have been before Jimmy Butler's rookie year, it, or maybe Jimmy Butler's second year. There was really there was really nothing else on when I was watching this, but. 
the the uniforms they're wearing really makes it look like you're watching two teams at like the local rec play. Yeah, it really looks like a scrimmage. I mean, it is a scrimmage, really. Yeah. Like, they happen to show up at the same place, and, you know, all the guy, other guys are dressed alike. Yeah, no, but um, I'm, I'm very curious to see the Bulls next year. I think they're not going to be very good. I think they'll be a playoff team because just because the East is not that deep, but... Man, that's going to be a very interesting team to watch with with those three um, kind of <laughs> the the three alphas. I mean, I guess I'm I guess I'll find it interesting. I kind of have to find it interesting because I decided to renew my season tickets, so Ooh. I I I have to find it interesting. <laughs> I better find it interesting because if I want other people to buy them, then you know I have to I have to tell the I can't tell them things like this team is going to be trash. Like I have to, I have to say this team is, is going to be fun. Right. I won't say this team is going to be good. Cause I don't know if that's true, but I'll say this, this team is going to be fun. I should have looked something up before I'm about to ask this. Were you surprised that the, uh, sentence handed down in the Cardinals hacking scandal? Frankly, I was, um, it seems like a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It is a really long time, right? And I don't, I'm not trying to downplay, you, you know, hacking into the Astros system 60 times, which is reportedly what he did. Um, but gosh, 46 months um, for that seems, seems very, very excessive to me. It's, uh, I don't know if you remember when this story broke. You know, last year, there was an effectively wild episode where Sam Miller said, can we all agree on one thing? No jail. He was like, if he goes, he's like, jail's a very horrible, horrible place. If he goes to jail, I really might chain myself in front of that place. Uh, he protested it. And so I'm, I'm curious if, if, you know, obviously he was, he was joking. But, yeah, no, that's a really, really long sentence. I, I, I was shocked. Um, especially for a guy who took a plea, you know, it's not like he was found. He, it's not like he was found guilty after like a three week trial and then it moved on to sentencing. This was a guy who pled guilty, owned up to pretty much everything, you know, as far as we know, owned up to everything he did, um, you know, expressed his remorse in front of the judge and then the judge really slapped him down, um, with that sentence. Uh, so yeah, I was surprised. What did you guys think? Yeah, it se- it seemed excessive to me too. I mean, Forty six any- in federal prison is a really really long time. Oh, it's yeah, federal prison. Oh man, um, yeah, that's like uh, that's that's just under four years. Yeah. Well, now he wasn't still on staff, was he? At the car? Well, not now. Oh no, 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 no. no, no. He was he was out. Circa 05, or 15, sorry. Yeah, he was so out circa he got 05, 15. Um, almost immediately after the story break, he was placed on administrative leave. And the Cardinals did their own investigation, and then he was fired, I want to say, like, three weeks, four weeks, a month later. But he, he was their scouting director at the time. He ran their draft last year. 
So I, I think that's where the Cardinals could be in trouble if there's, um, you know, when it, in terms of the punishment handed down by Commissioner Manfred, whether or not any one else in the organization or especially anyone higher up in the organization knew about this. I frankly don't believe that's the case. Um, and if it is the case, then Korea is loyal to a fault for not giving anyone up at sentencing, you know, as a, as a condition of a sentencing. So it would, so the judge would be lenient, you would think, um, you know, as part of a plea. But I think even if he is a, a lone wolf, like rogue actor here, the fact that he was as high up as a scouting director could spell doom for the Cardinals. I mean... Hmm, doom for the Cardinals. Well, doom in terms of a big... Not like doom, you know, like you know, they'll never be good again. Just a big punishment is what I meant. I was thinking about this. I said, honestly, I wish... if you. I know you can't do this. If you could keep it inside baseball and just make all this legal... And you could have, like, spies in your front office, and you could have... It'd just be fun. I know this wasn't a fun outcome. But hey, if you don't guard your computers, that's on you, and people can get stuff. Make PEDs legal. If you want it, go get it. That's interesting. That's interesting. A wild west of baseball. How fun would that be? Well, let's look at it this way and and tell me if I go off the rails here because I'm I'm certainly no expert on uh, the corporate world in this regard or Wall Street for that matter but the reason why that sort of system doesn't exist in the real world right is because real life people could be hurt by that right sure. could real life people be hurt in your scenario if, if it's confined strictly to baseball well, the Braves are a publicly traded company. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. But I'm, but I'm not worried about the people. <laughs> okay, okay, wait. All right. What, what would... Uh, okay, so... What would your team's black market money ball of choice be? What would you want your team's black market money ball to be? Like, what would I want them to be cheating at? Yeah. Like, you, if you could, if your team could be, like, the, the best under-the-table cheater at one aspect of the game, what would you want it to be? Does this, does this include PEDs, or are we talking strictly... Um, um, let's keep... Let's go, uh, let's, let's go off the field. Off the field. Okay. I would like my team to basically have secret handshake deals with players where their announced contract is not actually their – like they're actually getting a lot more from, from other avenues. Ooh. A lot more mm. money. Oh. That's not reported. So it's like uh, secret boosters. Exactly. Oh. I like that. Interesting. Like, I would like to go to a Cardinals, like, you know, a Winterfest banquet, and I see, uh, 
Oh, or no, I take that back. But like, say there was like a winter meetings only where like there were like free agents or something, and I went up and talked to someone. I was like, "Hey, how are you doing, Mister? Uh, you know, awesome free agent. I'm Alex Crisofoli. I'm a fan of the Cardinals. I've enjoyed your work." And then I hand him an envelope with like two hundred dollars. <laughs> I love those guys. Eric, what's your black market money ball? Should have thought about this. That's the question I would want. Maybe as much as I could find about a opposing team. Like, you know stuff about your players you don't want other teams to know. Like, part of me, like, you know such and such, I don't know, doesn't like getting thrown inside to or doesn't. I had, this the answer sucks, but um, yeah, what you got on your own, guys? I just want that. I want what you know about your players. Give me all of that. So, so you do. So, so you kind of do want like the the hacking aspect, right? Like you want the you want the database down to the nitty gritty, like what every team thinks about their own players. Hey, if you don't or knows about their own players, because because presumably teams know more about their own players than other teams. And I know it's a little not gray area. It would not be. It probably wouldn't be in everyone's best interest for every team to have like actual medical stuff on everybody. Um, but outside of that, yeah, give me the put it on a disc, send it. To, I know no one uses disc anymore. I just want all of it <laughs> on a drive on a. Floppy disk. Not on the cloud. Not on the cloud. Not on the cloud. Someone can get to it on the cloud. Everything you can fit on a three and a half inch floppy, you can have that. There's the challenge. So Uh, you get one. You get one JPEG on that. If I could take this a bit further, like like say Eric, if I think if I understand what you're talking about, if you get information that say Andrew McCutcheon is lactose intolerant. Ooh. But you then use this info to somehow slip lactose into his diet. I think the <laughs> pregame spread when Pittsburgh came to Cincinnati would be entirely dairy based. But no, you would want to. You just wouldn't eat that, though. Wouldn't you want to trick? You would want to slip him lactose. Oh, now we're getting good. Yeah, unknowingly give him lactose. <laughs> I think this is exactly why I want this to happen. I want reports of someone being lowered into the visitor's clubhouse, dropping some milk in his pregame drink. Eric, what you're describing right now is called surreptitious entry. Go ahead. (laughs) Wait. Alex is getting lawyerly on us right now. Brandon, who? this happened with Sosa, right? Someone stole his bat? Or was that somebody else? Someone yeah, stole his bat. Someone lowered into a clubhouse because of court bat allegations and like stole the bat before. No, this was this was Albert Bell. That's that was what... Albert Bell. Yeah, I want that happening all the time. Those kinds of things. <laughs> okay. So you want more kind of like the James Bond um, or uh, Mission Impossible? I, I don't know. Like, like you want I want to not be rooting for a terrible team, and so these are the things that I think about. I'm sure you two have much more real-world baseball concerns right now. Well, we'll get to those, but first I want to hear Brandon's. <laughs> so I, my black market money ball would be 
if the entire city was on my side, uh, on the team's side, right? So basically antagonizing the players in various ways, like wherever they, whenever they would be out in public the, or like... The visiting team? Or like, yeah, the visiting team, okay. yeah. Or, and then I would make the visitors' clubhouse like so tiny and small, uh, not unlike actual Wrigley Field right now, I suppose, but deliberately so, even more so, like uncomfortably so. And, you know, just all these little things that would like, that like could conceivably have an effect on the players before they actually take the field. So you want the visitors to have a type of clubhouse where they all have to um, suck in before they walk in. Basically. Yeah. All right. Would you be worried? And I think this is almost similar to a discussion they had on Effectively Wild once. But would you be worried that players would have such a bad taste in their mouth about that organization that they would never want to sign with, with your team? Well, maybe. Or they would appreciate the next level trolling. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I think, I think, I think there's something. Uh, I think there's something to, uh, you know, being so good at at being at being really bad to your guests that, that like they'll 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 kind of turn around and appreciate it. I mean, it was almost everything we all three of us described is not that far away from things the New England Patriots have been accused of doing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of this. Let me raise this hypothetical to you. You've got a player on your team. He's not going to do much for you. He's good, but you've got someone in front of him, whatever. So you go to him and you say, look, we will continue to pay you in ways that other teams can't know about. And we want you to sign with another team and sabotage them. Whoa! How would you go about sabotaging a team you were a part of? Because you got to be kind of non-obvious about it. Are you getting in the star player's head? Are you getting any information you can? What's the plan? You know, I got to think it's information related, right? Like you, you still have to go out there and kind of play baseball, right? You're not like... signing Marlins and every day grabbing Giancarlo and being like hey, remember when that ball hit you in the face? That was terrifying, right? And trying to get in his head that way. See, I think you would want to be more, um, you would, you'd want to do something more along the lines that it was perceived Jonathan Papelbon did with the Nats last year where he just immediately went in and was a huge cancer to the clubhouse. So I go. you would want to go to a team and... Immediately... That was very explicit. <laughs> <laughs> like, com- complete with borderline assault. <laughs> yeah, but immediately create clicks in the clubhouse, um, dividing lines of like, oh, you know, these guys don't talk to these guys. And I don't know how one person would slowly um, create that sort of environment. Mm. But I think if you're a toxic enough of a person, you could do it. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by the uh, the being a being a human wedge in the in the clubhouse. That intrigues me. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, that, in, that intrigues me as a form of sabotage. I should say. You know, obviously there are arguments over whether or not chemistry actually means anything, um, but it's certainly it's got to mean something. You know, I don't think it means everything, but I think there's probably some strong evidence that it means something. I, I, mean, I do think perhaps uh, I do think. 
perhaps you know chemistry chemistry is a pretty immediate way to go about it uh but i think there's I, I think there's a long con element to things uh that that you can really play like like imagine if imagine if terry ryan like had existed only to get the twins to this point right like imagine imagine if terry ryan's been with the twins for like 30 years or something right so or he was before this week but like imagine if if he if he took uh, you know he took his front office position and he kind of thought he constructed the team in such a way where they'll get close but not too close and then just leave them in complete shambles right like he yeah like he it's 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 the longest con but here they are but if you can be yeah i didn't if you can be the gm under these yeah you can do so much more damage than a player uh right but but you know he started as a player yeah like he he was he he joined the organization as a player so like it's uh it he he has maybe maybe he he has been playing the long con on the twins okay but if you're if you're skillful enough to play a long con to where you work your way up to get a gm job then you should just concentrate on doing a good job (laughs) (laughs) maybe yeah maybe like, <laughs> <laughs> but the, but then what's the but then what's the point of of uh, you know being paid by someone else to do a crappy job? Right, that that is true. Um, I I don't know. So so maybe uh, who are the twins' rival? Like, uh, it's really hard White to think. White Sox. Yeah, like so. There's some AL Central team, uh, like the Tigers or the White Sox, who have been secretly who oh, the the AL Central podcast is going to come after us for dismissing <laughs> yeah, <him>. yeah. <laughs> um so, so yeah so some al central team is paying was paying him to over the course of several decades to bring the franchise to this point sure okay i could dig it uh, yeah that's fun baseball <laughs> in summer <laughs> do you guys get sports illustrated or read sports illustrated anymore I do not. Oh, I have a, I have a, I, I'm usually a couple weeks behind. I get them secondhand, but I, but I see, you know, I, I read on the internet when stuff is posted. Okay, so I, I started getting Sports Illustrated again. Um, I, I think when Jonah Carey got hired there, uh, but mostly because I, I kind of missed it. I had been a long time subscriber, but the uh, Verducci had a column in this last issue about Anthony Rizzo. Uh, uh-huh. And I always really disliked Anthony Rizzo, um, but I couldn't. Reading this, I was trying to figure out why I didn't really like him. I, you know, other than the fact that he plays for the Cubs, um, and it was a really good piece, and it made me, uh, you, um, kind of feel bad that I was always uh, in my head mean to Anthony Rizzo. Um, like he's a pretty cool guy. I, I enjoyed him. Like you know, I'd forgotten that you know the whole cancer survivor thing, which is obviously very cool and inspiring um yeah his uh great-grandparents come from sicily as do uh my great-grandparents so that was neat um and he seems like the most jovial guy in the clubhouse 
in terms of being like the most popular guy with all the young guys and the old guys. It's a really good piece. I encourage you to read it, even though. But my point is, I realize I have to find a new cub to channel all my anger at because I can't be okay. anymore. anymore. So, uh, Brandon, you know them better than any of us. It's just uh-huh. Lackey. Yeah, Lackey's so easy, though. Uh, and Lackey's a former Cardinal. Yeah, but... Um, I think it's Brian Hilter to Kevin. What'd you say, Eric? You know, here's what I'm going to say. To be that young, and that good, and that attractive, that's oh, a guy you grow to hate pretty quick. He, uh, you know, but though, I, I think kind of like Rizzo, I think he also seems like a pretty good guy. Uh, or there's nothing to tell me he's not he's not a very good guy. Like he's he's fun to watch. Um, I, I can't just hate someone because they're on like the other team, even if I really dislike the other team. Jason Hayward. You know, yeah. I mean, I was thinking Hayward because you've already made the case for hating Jason Hayward. I made the case for booing Jason Hayward, but booing out of love. <laughs> we can take hate out, out of dislike. Speaking, maybe, I suppose hate. I suppose hate is a strong word. Maybe it's Joe Madden. Speaking of, yeah, well, yeah, you are you are in the record as hating Joe Madden. I do hate Joe Madden, so that's of course that's a problem. And his, and his antics. Speaking of Jason Hayward, Brandon, I have a question for you. Ooh. Um. So when when you first saw his contract, and I I don't think this was your reaction, but some people's reaction was, oh shoot. I hope he doesn't opt out after three years. Has that now switched to, oh, crap, what if he doesn't opt out after the third year? Actually, I'll be honest, not really. No, I don't think... Like, I, yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten to that point. I haven't gotten to that point where it's... Uh, where I'm worried that he's actually going to stick it out. Uh, in part because I wouldn't mind if he does. Like, yeah. I don't think... I don't think the... I honestly don't think so. He has two opt outs. He has an opt out after year three and an opt out after year four. And I think that if he, I, you know, it's so hard for me to predict what the baseball money landscape will look like in four years. But I would say there's a decent chance he's going to have a very reasonable salary by that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like, and, and, you know, sure. Maybe it's not exactly what a player of his caliber would get on the open market, but at the same time, it's not extravagantly more to the point where he could opt out and get another contract, right? Like yeah. he wouldn't he wouldn't turn down the extra three to four million a year, give or take, right, for uh, for the new contract. And honestly, I think the Cubs will be happy paying for him. I'm sure they kind of. I'm sure they've done the math, right? And I'm sure they they have their their tenth percentile projections and their ninetieth percentile projections, and you know the <laughs> he's probably pretty close to the bottom end of those projections right now. But I, but I don't think I don't think the Cubs front office is worried about uh, worried about anything four years from now, and I'm not really worried about anything four years from now because because he's still playing. Uh, He's still playing elite defense, and he's still a good base runner, and and his on base isn't that bad. Uh, you know, his on base is 
higher than his slugging right now, I think. Or it's close. It isn't bad for how so, average is. Yeah, so I'm I I'm not I'm not at the point of panicking about Jason Hayward and and besides, flags fly forever, so if the Cubs you know, if if the Cubs if the Cubs manage to to raise one in the next three years before he opts out and then he decides to hop in and I'm like, yeah, well, whatever, you know? He we did what we signed him to do. Right. No, well, I was just gonna say two quick things. Um one, I was I think looking the other day and for players with at least three hundred and fifty plate appearances, he has the worst slugging percentage in the National League. And he's been really bad. <laughs> That's that's bad. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not no, going to no. try and make the case no. for Jason Hayward no, no. that Jason Hayward is good, but no, I, or has had a good year. But yeah, he's he's been like, not I, I very think good. We all agree he's been really bad at the plate, and it's no longer just a slow start. The the hope is, um, at least if you're a Cubs fan or just a fan of good baseball players in general, the hope is, for whatever reason, this year will be the outlier. You know. And that his hitting, while never been has never been awesome, will the rest of the contract reflect more at, of his earlier years. The second thing I was going to say is one of the reasons why I really wanted the Cardinals to sign him was kind of like what you said, and not that I thought he was ever going to be an amazing player, but I just liked the idea of having stability at a position, especially a position like right field, and knowing a guy mm. that young that we're going to have him for at least three to four years. And that's a value, you know, for a guy, even or a guy who, you know, you'd have to think like, gosh, you know, there's really no way to sugarcoat a guy who has a WRC plus of 80 um, at this point. No, but it's, it's true. But like you said, his defense is great. Hopefully his hitting can't get any worse. Um, I mean, if it does, then there's really is a serious problem there. Um, but just the fact that you have a very, very solid if not the best right fielder in baseball and who can also play center field if he needs to locked up for a couple years is valuable in and of itself you see his throw home today from center field i did um it was a great throw i thought he was safe but i only saw it once in real time i only saw it once um not in slow motion was i wrong did they show replays where he was clearly out i mean obviously they called him out and i assume i assume any sort of replay would have reversed it if he was safe he looked out to me okay i mean um, saw it. i'm i'm a i'm a biased observer but i thought he was out the ball beat him it's it's one of those things where like the where like the ball beats you and the you know the glove is close enough to the foot that's coming in first and you know yeah. he as as i'm watching it again right now i'm I'm pretty sure he's out. Okay. And plus, it already happened. It's in the books. Eric, what were you going to say? Well, I was in... <clears throat> I know we're going to turn the conversation to trade deadline stuff. Can we get Brandon's official position on Kyle Schwarber for a shutdown reliever? Oh. No. No, 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 no. I'm no. just going to say, Ian made a pretty good case. Yeah, but I'm. I'm actually... I'm quite happy with with a deal like the one the Cubs made today, uh, which is, uh, which is Vogelbach for, uh, Mike Montgomery. And 
and and then there were a couple other pieces uh paul blackburn going to seattle and the cubs getting uh someone named uh hold on i'm pulling up their name here and i'm gonna give them a shout out because i love their name uh jordan prize and uh i like jordan prize because his name is a sentence anyway I this is this is the type of trade that I thought the Cubs would end up making. I could see the Cubs going and for example, spending big money on a reliever in free agency, right? Like I could see them doing something like that. I couldn't see them dealing a really I couldn't see them dealing someone who amounts to a top 50 prospect in baseball for a shutdown reliever it was never it was never something that really that I ever really thought would happen so you know I was I was pretty anti it anyway um you know your standard things about bullpens fluctuating and being unpredictable and anything can happen in one inning anyway and you know, if you're getting a guy for Game 7 of the World Series, like, you know, you never know. So many crazy things can happen between now and then. And Mariano Rivera blew a save in Game 7 of the World Series. So, you know, whatever. Anything can happen. Okay. In other words, no. I'm, I'm, I would not trade Kyle Schwarber for, for an ace reliever. Drew Miller, ninth inning? No? Yeah. No? It's fine. All right. It's fine. We needed bullpen upgrades, and Montgomery's a good bullpen upgrade. So just quickly, where, 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 where's Schwarber long-term? Where you put him in the field? You know, uh, it's, it's one of those things where I think things will kind of sort themselves out naturally. You know, maybe he's a, a twice-a-week catcher and a left fielder. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Wilson Contreras starts to improve his defense and can be the catcher the rest of the days you know i'm thinking a few years from now when after in the post david ross era and and we'll be in the post miguel montero era by then uh so maybe it will be maybe you will be looking at uh Contreras and schwarber as the the lefty righty catcher tandem with with schwarber also getting time in in the corner outfield Okay. Yeah. I like sure. I mean, who knows? The future is the future is far away, man. Like, you know. <laughs> you can't, you, you know, nobody nobody knows anything. Speaking of trade deadline, I feel like playing a game. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we're going to so uh, I talked to talked to the guys before we started recording about this. And we're gonna do a quickie. We're gonna do a quickie draft here, and uh, we'll we'll do four rounds. Basically, where you're gonna pick, you're gonna pick someone who's gonna get traded before the August first non waiver deadline. Do you get points if these are players who are gonna be either traded to or from the NL Central? No, no bonus. No NL Central bonus points. This is. Okay. Anywhere in baseball. All right. I'm going to be really bad at this game, by the way, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. We'll go, uh, we'll go in reverse order of favorite team standings. 
So yeah. Uh, so Eric, <laughs> Eric, you get to pick first. Just player I know will be traded. Yep. Jay Bruce is getting traded. Number one pick. I've already All said right. my goodbyes. Alex, who you got? Um, I'm going to take a former NL Central player, um, Araldus Chapman. Um, Chapman. I don't know what they'll get back for him since he, uh, you know, they won't be able to slap a qualifying offer on him. That's correct, right? Because he uh, he's a free agent here. Isn't that correct? Uh, Ooh, they will be able to. He's a free agent. They will be able to give him a. Oh, he signed through twenty six. No, because the suspension cut into the service time. Was that what happened? I was thinking. What? Wait. What am I talking about here? So, Baseball Reference has signed through twenty sixteen and a free yeah, free agent twenty seventeen. Okay. Maybe. Well, whatever. I'm taking a raw this Chapman. Cool. I think that's a good. I'm pick. curious what type of package you could get back for him because of his, um, the huge moral issues that are you know firestorm that's over his head right now as well, um, with that crazy off season thing. Um, but it seems like the Yankees have too many good closers for a team that's not very good, um, and so they might as well collect on that if they can. All right. Uh, I am. I am making a boring pick. Uh, I'm picking Zach Duke of the White Sox. Uh, lefty lefty reliever team is falling out of it, and and uh, he has a reasonable contract. So I think he's uh, I think he will not finish the year with the White Sox. All right, is this a snake draft or are we uh, back? Uh, well, no, uh, traditional traditional. Order. Oh. Uh, I will go. How about Irvin Santana? I think he will get traded from the Twins. He'll still follow me on Twitter, right? <laughs> yes. No. With his trade, he has to unfollow. I am <laughs> okay. um, going to take Charlie Blackman. Oh. And I'm really curious who's going to take a flyer on him um, because I think he's a fine player. But his splits, you know, and I, I think, you know, has, hasn't there been things written that says the Coors effect is a little bit overblown? Um, but his splits really are pretty profound. I mean, I think his OPS at home is close to 220 points higher than it is on the road. Um, he's also 29, so he's not that young. So I'm curious, I'm really curious who will take a flyer on him, but he certainly seems like he could be out the door. Interesting. All right, I'm. I like that pick. I like that pick. Uh, my pick is podcast favorite Rich Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I know that uh, I know that Billy Bean said that he wouldn't mind keeping Rich Hill and giving him the qualifying offer, but that I feel like that's a bluff, and Rich Hill will be playing somewhere else. Uh, I will go. I think this is definitely more of a long shot than the other two. Uh, I will go Julio Tehran. I'm not sure the Braves want to let him go yet, but maybe they uh, think they're more than two or three years out. All right. 
So this one is a bit of a shot in the dark. Um, I think it's a fun one, though. I'm going to say Evan Longoria. Ooh. I know I read something on uh, FB Trade Rumors. Uh, it was just a headline, really. I didn't have time to actually read the article. But people seem to be kicking the tires on him a little bit. My uh, my Rays, my Tampa Bay Rays preview for Banished to the Pen this year was all about trading Evan Longoria. <laughs> so I, I, it's not that I'm a, a proponent or that I'm opposed to it, but I'm kind of rooting for it to happen so that I can repost the link to my preview I, and say, look, I called- look what I said. Yes. <laughs> But also he's uh he's got uh he's got 5 and 10 rights coming up not uh not super soon uh I think it's it's like the beginning of next season so they still have a whole they would still have a whole off season to to potentially move him before his 5 and 10 kicks in but yeah there's still uh once that kicks in i think it'll be harder oh i gotta go um my pick um my next pick is andrew kashner nah that's kind of an easy pick but it sounds it sounds like a lot of teams are kicking the tires on andrew kashner so uh this uh I think this ex-cub is on the move. That's back-to-back ex-cubs that I've picked. Kashner and Rich Hill. I will wrap us up with Jonathan Lucroy. Ah, okay. Cool. Seems like a pretty standard one for most people. Yeah, that seems like a good good pick. Another fun one, and we're going to have to reconvene after August uh, 1st or... Is it first again this year, or did that not line up well with the, the weekend? It's August 1st, right? Oh, it's, it's August okay. 1st. Yeah, it's we'll August have to reconvene 1st. after that to see if we're right. But um, another fun one, Yasiel Puig. Ooh. Ooh. I was, <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's two picks in a row, Alex, where uh, you, you, you kind of stole my guy. Uh, <laughs> you kind of stole my guy. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I was super tempted, super tempted to take uh, to take Puig, but really, you think Puig's going to go? Huh? Oh, I don't know. Um, you know, I think it says something when the most important player to the franchise pretty much said in the off season. Um, you know, if you read between the lines, that Clint Kershaw wanted him gone. Um, I believe Ken Rosenthal reported earlier this week that the Dodgers were would be open to listening to um, to for trade offers on Puig. And, you know what, he's 25. He's His salary is pretty reasonable. Um, he's having his worst year um, of his career this year, but he's also been injury prone, and, you know, that talent's always there. So I don't know. I think um, I, I actually want him to get traded just because – you know he's a he's a fun guy to have in the news, and um, this might sound stupid, but if there seems like there's one guy who actually could use a change of scenery, um, it might be him. 
And my last pick is Carlos Gonzalez. Oh, I yeah, like I that. Hope. Awesome. <laughs> Good draft, guys. All right, so we're going to have to look over this again right after the... Yeah, so we, I mean, we'll know, we'll know who the winner is uh, come August 1st, right? August 1st at like, uh, it would be like, what, 4 3 or 4 p.m. Central. So if you get all four players drafted, that's, um, if all four of the players you draft get traded, that's great. What is, um, what's your goal here? At least one? Or? Yeah, I think, I, I think, I think my goal, I think, I think I'll be, I'll be happy if one gets, uh, if if one gets traded. Right on. Yeah, like that's how I'll measure. That's how I'll measure my success. I'm I'm not gonna. I'm I'm not expecting for. Oh, hey, Brandon. Here's a fact. Since we didn't say the standings at the beginning of the podcast, I should let you know the Cardinals just won. Three to okay. two. Another save by O. He saved two games a day. The Cardinals are now six and a half games back from the Cubs, which is the closest they have been since mid-May, I believe. Wow, really? Six Footsteps, man. I can hear them. I can hear them faintly <laughs> off in the distance. Oh, here's a question. Yeah. Okay, you, you have to decide whether your team should buy or sell at the deadline, Okay. But all you know, all I'm the only information that I'm going to give you is that the team is not in first place. Okay, how many games out do you have to be of the division, and then how many games do you have? How many games out do you have to be of the wild card in order for you to buy instead of sell? So if you're one game back of the division, and if you're one game back of the second wild card, you would probably buy. Right. Yeah. Yes. I think two games. Two games back, you probably buy. But where? But where does it switch to? Don't buy. I think around. Oh, we're talking the second wild card spot counts as well. Like if you're with. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that five and a half mark. Yeah, I was gonna say five. So the five mark. So if you're so if you're five games or closer, you would you would consider it quote unquote close. Yeah, and when I say buy, um, I don't necessarily mean like you know taking a flyer on you know a bat for a couple months to see what you can do, but not selling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. just going with uh, rolling with what you have, and who knows, maybe you can make up those gains with your current roster. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, five games is nothing with. Uh, with with two months left, what do you think? Yeah, I was thinking it would be somewhere in the five range as well, but I'm wondering about that second wild card spot because because on the one hand, uh, on the one hand, of course, I'm thinking, yeah, you go for it uh, because anything can happen in a fifty fifty game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then sometimes I'm thinking, well, you know, it can be it can be kind of gutsy to 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 sell there and punt sometimes, like because you probably have some good players, right? And if they're especially if they're if they're coming up on contract years, um, 
then then maybe it maybe it could be a good time to punt it. I don't know because I've been thinking about um, I've been thinking about the the White Sox white flag trade from ninety seven, I think. I think it was 97 where where they traded three major league pitchers for like for six minor leaguers and, and they were something like five games they were closer than five games i think to cleveland who ended up winning the pennant that year um but but i but i was thinking like if you're if you're kind of close but you don't think your team is that good then you know then then why hold on then why hold on to your guys if you see regression and and why and why try and add if you if you see regression anyway you know but but not being given any other information yeah i think 5 games is the is the threshold oh wow did you guys see this what was ryan webb's ryan webb's triple a era is 9.95 Huh. Ooh, that's not that's not going to get him a save anytime soon. It's really Too not. Bad. It's really not. Speaking of, did you guys see this, <laughs> Eric? Did you see that Brandon was one of the sharpest dressed guys at the Pitchfork Music Festival this past weekend? Well, I'm going to go find out. I did not. You guys and your music. <laughs> oh, look at you! I'm looking at pictures of you Isn't as we speak. Yeah, you made the Brandon, news. Page? The the blog it was Chicagoist, right? Yeah, Chicagoist. Uh, uh, snap pictures of the crowd at Pitchfork Festival and had a uh, headline that said, "Here are some of the uh, more fashionable people we bumped into." And Brandon. Brandon oh. made the cut. It was a good picture. It was a good picture. Yeah. I'm I'm a little disappointed that I did not wear my happy Cubs hat. Uh I wore it I wore it the other two days. I did not wear it the first day because I thought it was going to rain. But that would have been over, over the, the top. top, man. But yeah, uh, apparently I I was I was I was dressed like a schlub the other two days. So good thing they don't have any photos of me. From then. Yeah. Well, well, it was it was mostly it was it was I'm sure it was mostly my wife. <laughs> they would not have taken a photo of me if I was there by myself. <laughs> well, I think. Oh, you're there. Oh, you're there by yourself wearing this goofy Stephen Universe shirt. Yeah, you're probably a loser. <laughs> So speaking of your of your Cubs hat, if if you're moving somewhere for a year, as uh, I'm about to, how many hats do you bring? Um, I'm bringing at least I'm bringing at least three, but I'll probably buy more when I get there. I don't own a hat. Really? Really? I'm not a hat person. I've tried. People have told me it doesn't work. Huh. So, I don't know if it's the bald or what, but I own zero hats. So, like, baseball hats or, like, any sort of hat? I do not own a hat. 
No, no so nothing in, that can in, cover in, your in, head at any time. So they they still have winter in Indiana. They, I, I have a toboggan, and I get made fun of for calling them that, but that's what they were called when I grew up. A toboggan? That's what we. Call you mean like I a? Think, you mean like a sled? Exactly. That's a sled where I come from. As I was growing up, my mom called. I guess you would call them stocking caps, yeah. toboggans. Yeah, Eric I don't know where. Indiana and everyone called them toboggans there, and I remember being. Uh, I had no idea what they were talking about. So I own a couple toboggans that I wear on my head. You were wearing a toboggan in your wrestling uh, vignette, I think. We don't need to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> I did own that. Yeah, I forgot. I would give right, them the- guys, I'm to wrap I- this up soon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up before. Uh, we'll wrap it up before we start talking about Eric's wrestling days. Uh, that those are stories for another time. Uh, also, we already talked about them in a in a previous Spanish to the Pen podcast. You, lots of people can tell you about that. So it's almost uh, midnight here. So I'm I'm sure I'm not being very interesting. <laughs> um. Awaiting, awaiting the thirty for thirty on Eric on Eric Roseberry's wrestling career. Um, anyway, I'll uh, I'll throw it over to you guys. Is there? Uh, we'll start with Eric. Eric, uh, where can people find you on the internet? And is there anything that you wanted to promote at this time? Uh, yeah. So uh, you can find me on Twitter, Eric D Roseberry. Uh, I'm over at Red Reporter, where we are uh, frantically trying to find things to write about right now. Uh, so this week, I went ahead and started. Looking- oh, things other than minor league soccer, right? Well. <laughs> I, I've gotten things other than minor league soccer. I've had several comments from people encouraging me to broaden my interest in what I write about because the Reds are not interesting right now. So, uh, but no, I start. We actually went ahead and started looking at the 2017 draft because that's what you do when you uh, root for a team with a 350 winning percentage. So you can find that this week at Red Reporter. Cool, Alex. Where can people find you on the internet? And do you have anything to promote this week? I am on Twitter at AlexCard79. Um, I'm actually writing a piece right now um, that will probably be up tomorrow at Viva Alberto's. Just about the Cardinals and the trade deadline and um, how it's been reported that they're probably not going to be seeking a bat this um, at the deadline and why that you know is probably a fine move. Cool. And uh, my name is Brandon Lee. You can find me on Twitter at Lee Internets, also in the Effectively Wild Facebook group. Uh, I might have some things coming up pretty soon for Banish the Fen, but until I actually write them, I will not say that they're coming because I don't want to get anybody's hopes up. Anyway, <laughs> that, <laughs> that'll do it for us on this edition of the NS Podcast, and we are out. Oh, no.